It's time for the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Now here's Ryan Wallace on the Golden Knights Radio Network. Welcome in to the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. The Golden Knights fall 4-1 to to the Los Angeles Kings. Vegas now 11-2-1 on the year. Dropped two games in a row for the first time, obviously, this season. And for the Golden Knights, uh, you look ahead to Friday night, 7 o'clock, here inside T-Mobile Arena against the San Jose Sharks. To help us break this one down further, we bring in the voice of the Golden Knights, Dan Duva. And you know what, Dan, when you look at you know, kind of the, the, the Golden Knights over the course of this game, the shot volume was there, uh, but really weren't able to get to the inside, the dangerous areas against L.A. No, yeah, the, the, I said it at some point during the game, I forget precisely when, but the shots on goal were not indicative of the kind of scoring chances that Vegas had and really typically have. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I everybody has kind of their own manner of uh, keeping track of scoring chances, and it could be a little bit subjective, but I think, at least from my point of view, it didn't feel like uh, Cam Talbot had to, you know, endure too much pressure to make too many spectacular saves. And um, that's um, partly due to the, the guys in front of him in that uh, defense that we talked about. It looked like finally in the, in the third when Carlson got to play with Stone, and um, it looked like Vegas was handling it a little bit more um, and creating some of better scoring chances. There were a couple um, throughout the contest, of course, out of uh, the 38 shots. You know, a few were probably in the higher danger category. Mm-hmm. But I'm with you, Ryan. It, it was not. I mean, it's just the power play. They had two power plays and zero shots. Yeah. And so I, there's there's a couple of things there, right? Like when you look at Friday night's game against San Jose, we know Chandler Stevenson is not going to go in that game. You just kind of touched on it. When, when William Carlson was put into that spot alongside Mark Stone, they, they go and score a goal. Are you expecting the configuration to look maybe a little bit differently uh, up front for the Golden Knights on Friday? I wouldn't be surprised if they go with the same group to start, but perhaps if it is not faring well, that there is a pivot to a different combination sooner. Mm-hmm. We didn't really see that. Now, there were more penalties. You know, in the, like the first period, there was only one penalty. Yeah. Barbashev got the tripping call, 249. Second period, there were more penalties, especially later in the period. Um, you know, there's Moore's power play goal after the Martinez tripping call. So, like the last six minutes of the second when you were behind a goal at that point, maybe that's when you would change something up to find a spark, but you couldn't really do that because of the penalties. Anyway, uh, I, I, I just wonder if, um, you know, if they are not able, you know, the Sharks are a different team. They have a different structure. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, they have struggled. So I wonder if you, you kind of start out with the group as it started today, and then if uh, things are not going well, maybe you're quicker to pivot. That That's just my initial thought, but... Maybe we'll find out more practice tomorrow. You know, and you mentioned the power play not exactly getting the job done in this game, particularly for the Golden Knights. When you watch L.A. and their puck movement on the power play, is that something kind of to strive for if you're Bruce Cassidy in the Vegas Golden Knights? Yes. I said it earlier, you know, the way that the Kings moved the puck on the power play, whether they were generating shots on goal or not, they still moved the puck in a way that, you didn't have a good feel as to what was going to happen next. They were, they were more dynamic and, you know, they were. Yeah. let me stop and just say this, Ryan. I watch every Golden Knights power play. Every yeah. single one ever I have watched, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, right? Uh, as yeah. you have too. Yes. So I, I guess that may, maybe, maybe 
we see it so often that we get lulled into, all right, this is what they're going to do next. Mm -hmm. But I'm not sure if that's right. I, I feel like there are games, and today one of them, where they are not dynamic, when they're, they're sort of, you know, working off of, uh, of a script that doesn't have a next act. Like, okay, I've got the puck. Now what? Okay, let me look here. I'll, I'll pass it here and then pass it back. And then there's just not a, a clear plan as to what is going to happen next. And it seems to me the penalty killers are just content to watch. Yeah. Um, you know, when you're, you're moving, um, you know, it, and Derek England and I were talking about this the other day. Just sometimes if you don't see something that you like, uh, you know, in terms of a pass, sometimes just find a, a way to put the puck toward the net and create a situation in which the defensemen have to turn around mm -hmm. because you might get a bounce. When the defensemen have to turn around and they don't have the normal puck support that you would have at five-on-five, five, things can happen. And the Knights are very good at getting to those loose pucks. We have seen at times how they would try to attack at the goal line, Mark Stone notably, and they haven't found too many chances in that manner. So, you know, like you think about forcing the cross-crease passes, and you know, the Knights have trouble, you know, gaining the zone securely. Um, and then it, it seems too often like there isn't as much of a plan as you would like to see. Um, you're not going to get all of your chances in transition. The Knights are very good when they do uh, create transition opportunities, but as we know, it's not always going to happen. Um, they still have scored 11 power play goals in 14 games, and there have been times where the power play has been clutch, but um, it looks like in the last couple of games, you know, when you just see a player standing a foot inside the blue line, flat-footed with the puck. Like not too many good things are going to happen from that. Yeah. Uh, movement and just kind of trying to find a way to, to, to zip those passes a little bit quicker, make those decisions a little bit faster. I think that's really what we're looking for for the Golden Knights. And then, you know, with Chandler Stevenson out of the lineup, it pulls William Carlson off of the second unit. And, you know, the second unit, I, I think, has kind of been, over the course of the year, uh, a little bit more decisive and a little bit quicker with their puck movement. Yeah. And, you know, so Carlson moves to the first unit. And it is worth pointing out, that during their first power play, though it did not result in a shot on goal, mm -hmm. William Carlson almost scored a power play goal, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, he was at the side of the crease, pass came across the crease, and, you know, he's trying to reach and stick it toward the goal. It's You know, if he's a right-handed shooter, it, it very well could have been a goal. So, okay, <laughs> but they didn't get a shot. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, Amadio goes in on that second unit. Um, you wonder, uh, you know, like, the, the, unlike multiple iterations of the Knights power play through the years there's a good balance you know this group is going to get a minute and then if they don't generate something halfway through the power the other group's going to get a chance that has not been the case this year it has been heavily on the number one unit and I wonder you know if that becomes repetitive and even for an opponent um, you see that first unit you, you get through a minute minute and a half it, it's almost instead of a two-minute power play it's a minute and a half power play. Yeah. Uh, the Knights in the past would sometimes start their second unit, see how it goes, and then if it's not going, you get that first unit out there. You know, just the way that it's configured presently, um, you're leaning a lot on those uh, top, uh, you know, the number one power play, those top guys. They are loading that unit with their best players, um, and sometimes it has worked. You know, again, their percentage is uh, better than it was through you know, last regular season, but you just feel like it could be even better than it is. All right, Dan, any final thoughts on this one before we turn our attention to Friday night and the San Jose Sharks? I got my gold pens, and they did not work. Okay, well, <laughs> there's always Friday.
There's always Friday. That's true. I, I did get two just in case one of them goes missing or runs dry, just so you know, in case you were concerned about that. That's now taken care of. All right, great stuff as always, Dan. Enjoy the rest of your night. We'll chat on Friday. Thanks, Ryan. You too. That's the voice of the Golden Knights, Dan Duva, helping us break down a 4-1 loss to the Los Angeles Kings. The Golden Knights, 11-2-1, next in action Friday, 7 o'clock, against the San Jose Sharks. We're back with more on the postgame show. You're listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Now, here's your host, Ryan Wallace. The definitive collector's item from the Stanley Cup Championship is It Hurts to Win, the official book from the Vegas Golden Knights. Pick up your copy now at the official team stores or order online at VegasTeamStore.com. It's the VGK postgame show. The Golden Knights fall 4-1 to to the Los Angeles Kings. Vegas now 11-2-1 on the year, 23 points. Still tops in the Pacific Division and the Western Conference. Next in action Friday night, 7 o'clock here inside T-Mobile Arena against the San Jose Sharks. The post-game injury report is brought to you by UMC, the exclusive hospital of the Vegas Golden Knights. And, you know, as we've kind of talked about throughout the, the, the night so far, Chandler Stevenson, unable to go tonight, will not be in the lineup Friday for the Vegas Golden Knights. Upper body injury for Chandler. You're without Nick Waugh, and that's a big hole, especially on, on your, your fourth line. Like, they are... They're a good fourth line, but with Nick Waugh, they're the best fourth line in the National Hockey League. So that's a big hole missing from your lineup. Alec Martinez did get back into the lineup tonight for Vegas, but you're still without Zach Whitecloud and Nick Haig, your third pair of defense. Now, all that to say, Zach Whitecloud did skate earlier today in a normal jersey. So he's out of the non-contact jersey and isn't going to be ruled out of Friday. So it's possible that the Golden Knights will get a little bit healthier going into that game Friday night against the San Jose Sharks. Let's take a look at the highlights in this game. It was a really interesting first period, fairly even. Neither team really gave up much to the other. I mean, I thought the Golden Knights defended well. I thought they were really dialed into dumping the puck in, getting to work on a forecheck, trying to grind things out as they go along. And you know what? It, it was a scoreless first period and and that seemed about right that made a lot of sense to me both teams really did take care of the middle of the ice so we'd go to the second periods and the kings took advantage of a missed clearing attempt by vegas to get to work on the cycle and adrian kempe opened the scoring midway through the second period challenge from the golden knights along the wall it comes to the left for a shot blocked rebound score adrian kempe has the rebound goal and the Kings take a 1-0 lead with 8.30 to go in the second period. Adrian Kempe's fifth goal of the year from Jordan Spence and Anjay Kopitar. 11.30 of the second period made it 1-0 L.A. The Kings would get to the power play for the second time in the game, and Trevor Moore extended the lead with a power play goal. Danell back and forth, passing with Spence. A wrist shot, score! Byfield was in front with a screen. The Kings strike on the power play for a 2-0 lead. Four minutes to go in the second period. Trevor Moore, seventh of the year, a power play goal from Jordan Spence and Phil Deneau. 15-58 of the second period made it 2 to nothing, Los Angeles. So the Golden Knights would head to the third period, down two goals, and the Kings went to the power play early in the third, and Pierre-Luc Dubois added another power play goal. Kings win the left circle faceoff. Rink wide right, there's Kempick. Put it toward the net, tip wide. Rebound, score, Dubois! Weak side rebound, and the Kings strike on the power play once more. 
3-0 Los Angeles. Pierre-Luc Dubois, his fourth of the year, a power play goal from Adrian Kempe and Kevin Fiala. Two minutes, 42 seconds into the third period, made it 3 to nothing, Los Angeles. However, later on in the third, William Carlson broke the shutout with his seventh goal of the year. Carlson in front, he scores! Carlson finds the puck in the slot, straight on. Will buries his seventh of the season, and Vegas has life with five and a half to go in regulation. William Carlson from Mark Stone and Alex Petrangelo, 14-33 of the third period, made it 3-1 L.A., and the Golden Knights would pull Aiden Hill late in the game for the extra attacker, but Andre Kopitar iced it with an empty net goal. Petrangelo off the wall, shot attempt, breaks by field stick, and the rebound cleared down into the goal. Empty netter with 11 seconds to play. And that'll be all she wrote. The captain, Andre Kopitar, I believe will have credit for his seventh goal of the season to finish this one off. Andre Kopitar's seventh goal of the year, 400th in his career, incidentally. An empty netter, the assist to Quinton Byfield, 1948 of the third period, made it 4-1 to L.A., and all that was left in this game was the final call. Clock runs out, the horn sounds, and the Kings defeat the Golden Knights 4-1. And with this victory for Los Angeles, a four-game win streak. There you have it, 4-1. to one. The Los Angeles Kings defeat the Vegas Golden Knights to take this one. And, you know, for, for Vegas, again, it's one of those situations where uh, you you got to play through the injuries. And I just offensively, they just did not look themselves throughout the majority of the night. you got to give a lot of credit to L.A. and their system, the 1-3-1, especially with a lead. It, it really does kind of suffocate the game a little bit but for the Golden Knights just not enough offensive dynamic play to get through Cam Talbot and the Los Angeles Kings we'll open up the phones right now 702-876-1340 702-876-1340 if you'd like to join us here on the post game show you're listening to the Vegas Golden Knights radio network We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Now, here's your host, Ryan Wallace. It's the VGK postgame show. The Golden Knights fall 4-1 to to the Los Angeles Kings. Vegas next in action Friday nights. 7 o'clock against the San Jose Sharks. Vegas 11-2-1. 23 points on the year. Still tops in the Pacific Division and the Western Conference. 702-876-1340. We're throwing the number out a little early. Obviously, I, I, I'm, I'm assuming... You all have something to say about this game in particular, so 702-876-1340, that's the number. Give us a call right now. Let's go out to the phone lines, bring in Stephanie. Hey, Stephanie, how you doing? I'm doing okay. How are you doing, Ryan? I'm good. So I was not happy with this game after the first period. Great. Mm-hmm. Felt very evenly matched. That second period felt like such a slump. And going into the third, not being able to score on that power play, felt rough. But you know what? They kept fighting the whole game. They were able to break the shutout. Uh, there's a lot of fight in this team, and they're going to keep fighting no matter what. And, I, I mean, that's all you can do. We yeah. banked a lot of points early on, so I'm not going to panic about dropping a game. And, like I said, I was just glad to see that they had a lot of fight in them and, and you kind of wish that it would have shown up a little bit earlier, but mm-hmm. they didn't just put their tail between their legs and whimper off for the end of the game. Did you did you learn anything in this game maybe about Vegas or LA? 
Um, I don't like that. The one three one. That is <laughs> when it when it is effective. It's very effective. <laughs> um, I don't know. I I I like I said. I Vegas is going to have a lot of fight in them, mm-hmm. no matter what. Like it, it would have been easy with five minutes. You know what? Well, because William Carlson scored what around six minutes left of the game, right? It would have yeah. been easy at that point for him to just kind of pack it in and be like, oh, we got the Sharks on Friday. Let's get ready for that. Mm-hmm. But they were still fighting for it. They pulled Hill. They were, you know, they were trying. Like, this team isn't just going to roll over. Yeah. It is, again, a team that's going to fight and claw to the bitter end. What, uh, what are you looking for on Friday? Uh, what do you want to see the Golden Knights put on the ice? Uh, I want to see 10 goals against the Sharks again. <laughs> Oh, that's that's brutal. Oh, boy. All right. Thanks so much, Stephanie, for the call. You want uh, 10 goals on Friday night against San Jose. Haven't the Sharks suffered enough? Like, I mean, honestly, I don't know. We'll we'll kind of explore that as we go along the rest of the night. 702-876-1340 is the number. We're opening up the phones a little bit earlier. Generally speaking, people have a lot more to say after a loss than a win. So I'm kind of doubling down on that right now. 702-876-1340. You can sound off if you'd like. Let's go back out to the phone lines. Bring in Mike. Hey, Mike, how you doing? Yeah, well, we got a a big game tomorrow for the Sharks. Let's see how they do tomorrow against Edmonton. I know. Okay, stop, stop it, stop it. It is not a big (laughs) game for the Sharks. How is it a big game for the Sharks? Well, it is for the Sharks. It, 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 no, I, it's not way, for the Sharks. It's not. It's absolutely not a big game. Tomorrow night's game is not a big game for the Sharks. It is a monumental game for the Edmonton Oilers. In no way, shape, or form is tomorrow night's game against Edmonton a big game for San Jose. Okay, I'll give you that, that it's a much bigger game for Edmonton without no, a doubt. No, 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 no. It's not even in the same stratosphere. If the Edmonton <laughs> Oilers lose to the San Jose Sharks tomorrow... All bets are off. Oh, yeah. Well, they were off already, I thought, but maybe not. Uh, it is a big game. Okay, let's. we don't want to spend too much time on this. but Hey, Mike, I've got all night, buddy. <laughs> I've got all night. <laughs> all right, I'll, I'll stick with you. Would you agree that maybe for Mackenzie Blackwood it's kind of a big night? No, it's not a big night at all okay. for San Jose. <laughs> if they would have lost yesterday to Philadelphia, it might have been – marginally a big night for San Jose. Tomorrow's game between San Jose and Edmonton literally means nothing to San Jose. Like, you want to show up, you want to compete, you want to do well, but it is it is the season for the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, which it already should have been, but that's, again, I'd already said that. So let's uh, at least stay on this topic one more second. Okay. Because... It's San Jose on Friday, and because they're playing back-to-back games, we obviously are a huge favorite. So the question is, do we bring up somebody else from the American League to just test them out, or do we leave our hand pat? Who would you bring up? What about the Russian kid who we signed in October? Oh, Grigory Denisenko. Is that that who you're talking about? Denisenko, that's it. Who the who the Golden Knights picked up on waivers? I mean, I, I could I could see you maybe going in that direction, but I don't think the Golden Knights are, are going to need to to like. It depends on whether or not you think Denisenko is going to be able to come in and, and play down the middle for you, and and give you kind of what you're getting or what you need with with Nick Waugh out of the lineup or Chandler Stevenson out of the lineup. The, the, the unfortunate aspect of this 
is that you're missing two out of your top four centers. And yeah. Nick Waugh's fit on the fourth line turns that line into the best fourth line in hockey. And that's hard to replace. And this was a game against Los Angeles where you need your fourth line intact. You need Carrier, Waugh, and Kolasar going into the trenches, banging bodies, doing the dirty work in the corners to be able to cycle pucks and get to the front of the net. And it's not really that surprising that the Golden Knights weren't able to do that because you don't have the best fourth line in hockey to kind of lead the charge there. Well, so, so I guess that is true. In in, in, a, right. in a long form way, like I don't know that Denisenko is is necessarily the answer. Like I don't know that Brendan Brisson is the answer. Like you know, maybe do you look at Sheldon Rempel? I I think that that's possible. That was another one I was going to bring up. But I I don't I don't know who you're taking out. Like who who would you well, take out you of the line? Take lineup? out Ron Beard? Well, yeah, but you're gonna. I mean, again, you're you're not necessarily putting somebody down the middle, which is where you need to find that no. next player, right? No, there's no center, yeah. fourth line center in in Henderson. And, so. and to be and to be completely honest, like I, I thought Jonas Romberg was was pretty good tonight. Okay. Yeah. Well, that that was just speculation. I just wondered if maybe Coach Cassidy would see this game as, as somewhat of an experiment to try somebody else because no matter what you say or no matter what you ever ever give out is information. You know there are certain games that are quote easier than others, and you'd sure. like to think this is one of them. Well, so, I mean, if tomorrow's a big game for San Jose, Friday might be a big game for San Jose too. Think of how big Friday will be. Okay. Now the Go the ahead. other thing is there's light at the end of the tunnel because Dan Duva has two gold pens. Yes, I'm I'm excited for him. Uh, the other thing is that if people miss your conversation with Dan in the immediate aftermath of every game, mm-hmm. they are missing what I personally consider the most valuable three or four minutes of the mm-hmm. entire night. Thank you. And this is not to blow smoke at either one of you, but tonight you were at your level best because you talked about something <clears throat> near and dear to everybody's heart. We watch over and over and over again the kids practice the power play. And they work on the power play, and they do it in practice enough to where you'd think that every power play would be somewhat similar. Why do some power plays look like we've never been on the ice before? That's a really good question, Mike. Uh, Thanks for the call. Uh, I'm going to do my best to answer it. Um, I I think that every – you know, every situation's a little bit different, right? Like you've got your top unit, you've got your secondary unit with Chandler Stevenson being out of the lineup. Now you've got William Carlson sliding and flexing into that spot that Chandler Stevenson ordinarily would be. Um, so this unit particularly with Carlson on it hasn't had a lot of reps early on in the season. But all that to say, like, you know, I I look at the power play and – the reason why the Golden Knights have struggled at times on the power play is because their decision-making is just not fast enough. Like They're just not making quick enough plays, and you're trying to be too deliberate on the umbrella, on the outside. And when you have players that are elite that can make plays, you feel confident and comfortable that eventually you're going to be able to outweigh coverage and find that perfect play. Uh, whereas I, I think that if you're you're looking at it objectively, you want them to just whip pucks around, catch a seam, and then hammer the puck to the net. And so I, I think it's going to take a mindset shift more than anything else 
to to commit to faster decision making, quicker passes in order for the Golden Knights to really move the puck around on the power play like we saw the Los Angeles Kings do tonight. 702-876-1340 is the number if you'd like to join us. Let's go back out to the phone lines, bring in Rita. Hey, Rita, how you doing? Oh, I'm okay. I don't like this losing crap, but, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. Okay, I rarely do this, but you got to hear me out. i got to disagree with you, and okay. I will state my reason. Okay. Oh, tomorrow is a big day for San Jose. Mm. They've been the laughing stock, and the whole world, I mean, you even listen to the TV sportscasters. Mm. They are just waiting to, for the chaos of Edmonton going down. Mm -hmm. I, myself, that's the only thing getting me through the next 24 hours. (laughs) is going, oh, God, please let San Jose (laughs) just nail them. I mean, the whole world wants it. Yeah. But they'll be heroes. But but they'll be heroes. Oh, screw Edmonton. No, 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 no. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I know everybody says, "Oh, they still got time." (laughs) Hey, Uh, listen. Did anybody see McDavid the other night? The man lost it. How long before he loses it? If they're down six zero to San Jose in the second. Okay, okay. Hold on, hold on. Counterpoint though. Counterpoint. Oh God. Here's here's my counterpoint. No, no, no. Hold on. Listen to the counterpoint. Okay. The Sharks won last night. Takes all the pressure yeah. off. Yeah, it won't mean. I mean, it means a lot, but it's not going it, to mean as much. That they're to- going to be heroes to <laughs> countless fans out there. I mean, they will be the talking point, and it won't mm-hmm. be being laughed at. It'll be, oh my God, did you see what the Sharks did? Can you at least concede that tomorrow means more for Edmonton than it does San Jose? Yeah, but, okay. you know, right. it's more fun watching them go down. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. After that fiasco the other night, and I did send you a, a tweet. Did you see the tweet of what Chuck said when Woodcroft got kicked out? I, I, read, I read lips, yeah. <laughs> well, see, everybody's enjoying it. Yep. I mean, <laughs> I... I I like talk. <laughs> Nothing like, you know. Mm-hmm. He's basically saying the guy's a doofus. Well, that's, uh, he's, he's on the bench, so he can have that opinion. Thanks, Rita, for the call. You're fired up. I, I cannot wait to see what uh, the next 24 hours bring, not just for you, but for the San Jose Sharks and the Edmonton Oilers. And we can look ahead to that game because the next opponent for the Vegas Golden Knights will be San Jose. Take a break. Wrap up the post-game show next. You're listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights post-game show. Now, here's your host, Ryan Wallace. Welcome back to the VGK post-game show. The Golden Knights fall 4-1 to to the Los Angeles Kings. Vegas now 11-2-1 on the year. 23 points, still tops in the Pacific Division and the Western Conference. Next in action Friday, 7 o'clock against the San Jose Sharks. Tonight's game recap is brought to you by Universal Windows and Solar. Even first period. And then the Los Angeles Kings kind of started to take over in the offensive zone. They get a, a you know, a, a kind of a fortunate bounce to, to, to start the scoring and then a power play goal, two power play goals actually. Um, and then it, it came, became fairly out of reach for the Golden Knights. Now do give Vegas some credit. They, they didn't pack this game in. 
they pushed. They were able to take advantage of, of a poor change from Los Angeles uh, and get the only goal that they would score of the night. William Carlson, his seventh goal in his 14th game, puts him on pace for 41 goals, pretty pretty close to where he was at year number one with 43. But this one, you, you got to find a way to get right back to it, find your game, and, and play through some of the injuries and, and the issues that you're dealing with there. Um, and, and bring a, a strong, connected game Friday night here inside T-Mobile Arena against the San Jose Sharks. That's going to do it for me here on the post-game show. Extended post-game show is next. You're listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. It's the extended Vegas Golden Knights post-game show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Let your voice be heard by calling in at 702-876-1340. Now here's your host, Ryan Wallace. Extended post-game show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. The Golden Knights fall 4-1 to to the Los Angeles Kings. Vegas 11-2-1, 23 points on the year. Next in action, Friday night, 7 o'clock against the San Jose Sharks. San Jose, incidentally, will take on the Edmonton Oilers tomorrow. So it'll be a back-to-back situation for San Jose. Something to keep track of, something to keep an eye on as we go into tomorrow night's game. 702-876-1340 is the number. 702-876-1340. Did you learn anything tonight? Whether it be the, the Vegas Golden Knights, whether it be the Los Angeles Kings, I'm interested. Like, I'm interested to see what you pulled out of this game. Um, you know, because for me, like, I I learned something that I knew was true, but you kind of need to see it confirmed, right? And for the Vegas Golden Knights, they have done a, a phenomenal job early on this season in their ability to find the next man up, get contributions up and down the lineup, and not just keep themselves afloat through injuries, but find points to the tune of an 11-1-1 start through 13 games. Now, not all injuries are created equally, but I would make the argument that you know when you're playing significant stretches of time without half your defense and without half of your top four centers in the lineup, like that becomes an issue, that becomes a problem. And what I'm most interested by now for the Golden Knights is, you know, we've, we've seen their ability to kind of navigate the waters in missing their defensemen. How do they navigate the water? And, and who knows how long it's going to be? I, I don't think it's going to be a long extended absence for Chandler Stevenson. Hopefully Nick Waugh, who's, who's skating, is, is going to get closer and closer. And this isn't going to be something we're talking about for an extended period of time. But... How well can they navigate the waters down the middle when, again, you're, you're missing two out of your top four center icemen? And, you know, Brett Howden has done an admirable job down the middle of the fourth line with Nick Waugh out of the lineup, but, you know, Brett Howden's not Nick Waugh. Nick Waugh's versatility, Nick Waugh's really is everything. His intangibles, the little plays that he makes, all of these things, like... He makes that fourth line, in my estimation, the best fourth line in hockey. And so when you take him out of that spot and you're going into a game like tonight where the LA Kings don't give you much, and by the same token, the Golden Knights don't give you much either. Like, LA scores two power play goals and an empty netter. Five on five, this is a 1-1 game. 
and I'm sure a lot of people are going to like get mad at me for saying that, but it's the truth, right? Like, it's not like the Golden Knights abandoned their structure in the defensive zone. They didn't. They defended well. Just their power play didn't come through, and the Kings did. So, you know, what you are left with from this game is how are the Golden Knights going to kind of find the winning configuration on Friday night against San Jose with Chandler Stevenson out of the lineup, Nick Waugh not expected to play, and all of that. And the Los Angeles Kings are a really good team. You heard Gary Lawless and, and Dan Duva talk about it. Like, this team doesn't have many glaring holes. With Cam Talbot playing well, they've addressed their biggest need in the offseason. And all that to say, like, this could be a matchup we see between Vegas and Los Angeles in the postseason. And if that's the case, sign me up right now because it'll be a fun, entertaining series. And we get one more matchup between these two teams in late December. We'll take a break. Come back with more on the extended postgame show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Back to your calls on the extended Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Here's Ryan Wallace. Wrapping it up here, extended postgame show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas, 4-1 the final. The Los Angeles Kings defeat the Vegas Golden Knights. Vegas now 11-2-1 on the year. Next in action, Friday, 7 o'clock against San Jose. And for the Golden Knights, it's another opportunity to bank some more points and be better Friday night. That's going to do it for me here on the extended postgame show. Thanks to Vanessa Alejos down here making sure everything sounds great. Thanks to Bobby Machado back in the studio, and thanks to you, our listeners and our callers. It's your postgame show. It's not as much fun without your calls and your input. Until Friday, have a great night, everybody. We'll talk to you then right here on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Thanks for listening to the extended Golden Knights postgame show on Fox Sports Radio 98.9 FM at 1340 AM. Your home for the Vegas Golden Knights. Have a good night and drive safe.